0: We worship you, O glorious God, and we praise your beautiful name. We thank you for your heavenly, warm embrace, and we praise you, beautiful, gorgeous Jesus. Your embrace is the only embrace we'll ever need to be embraced by. We want to continue to love us as you touch us and love you as we touch you. In Jesus' name we pray. What? Well, good morning, CORE Church. You guys doing all right today? Awesome, awesome. Um... Pastor Brad is at a family reunion, and so um, be praying for him. Um, sure, I'm sure family reunions are fun. I've actually never been to one. Um, that's probably a blessing in disguise. So, um, real quick before we get started today, um, wanted to see if I could get some people to help me out. As uh, Jen mentioned, Core Community is happening this Wednesday, and um, I would love for some, I, I need like. Three, four, or five guys to help me um, roll out some tables and chairs and get set up right after the service. Um, If you'd be willing to do that, it should only take about 15 minutes. So if you'd be willing to do that, kind of immediately following the service. Can I see your hand right now? One, two, three. Wow, I got a lot of guys. Okay. After service, if you will see Sean Spears, um, he's back in the sound booth. Huge. There he is right there waving his hand in the back. If if you'll see this guy, he'll tell you what needs to go where. um, And don't let him boss you around too much, but um, he likes to do that. So See, um, Sean, thank you guys for helping me out. Um, today, we're going to be continuing our prayerful series, and I'm really excited about the, uh, the message that I've got to bring to you guys today. Uh, I'm going to be preaching on an obscure scripture. For those of you who um, have been in church for a while, you may not have heard this one before. I want to go ahead and read that to you. And actually, let's go ahead and stand, and uh, we're just going to honor the reading of the word. I like to do this. Um, it's, apparently, this is a Southern thing. I talked to someone. They said that they don't do this in other parts of the country, but it's cool. Gives you a chance to stand, gives you a chance to stretch the legs one more time before you settle in for the message. This is Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 through 20. Like I said, you may not have heard this before. I also tell you this, if two or three of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, there I am among them. God, I just pray one more time, Lord, that you would open up our hearts to hear from you this morning. Um, Lord, that you would speak clearly to us, God. I think you've got something really important for us to say. Um, I just pray against distraction. Lord, I pray um, that your spirit would just, the things we need to hear this morning, God, that you'd speak to us, Lord. And we just open up our hearts to you. Deal with us, God. If there's something that challenges us in today's message, deal with us, Lord. Don't Don't let us off the hook. But, God, keep molding us and keep changing us, Lord, so that we can be like you, God, and we can come and do the fullness of our walk with you in your precious name, we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well. So, a um, little bit about myself. Um, many of you know, because I've shared this a few times, that um, when I was a teenager, um, I was I was an athlete as a teenager. Um, why are you laughing? It, hurt, it hurts. Um, I, I was I was I was a bowler. <laughs> Once again, I don't understand the laughter, but I'll just roll with it. It's, it's all good. And, um, you know, I, I've kind of joked around a lot from the stage that I'm not very handy. And that is absolutely the truth. I have pictures of home improvement projects gone wrong to prove it. But um, back when I was a teenager, I, I not only was a bowler, um, I worked in the pro shop in the bowling alley. And so what that means was I was the person that would put the holes in the bowling balls. And um, you've you've always wondered how those holes got there? Well, I'm the one, and I and I would custom fit people, you know, to to get the bowling ball just to be the right, you know, grip for you. And I would be the, put the put the holes in there. And if you know the hole your your hole's too small, you know, I'd get a drill and, and and ream it out and stuff. I my wife, I actually drilled a bowling ball, I fitted her, and like engraved her name on it. I did that too, you know. It's, once again, I don't understand the laughter, but it's all right, you know. So I I I did this. Now there's. It's a strange side effect. I'm just going to ignore this side of the room for a second. I'm, I feel the Lord's spirit over here. I'm just going to talk to you guys. I feel some spiritual maturity happening right over here. So when, um, when I did this, uh, there was a strange side effect that happened because because I was, I'm right-handed. I was bowling, and then so I'm also drilling the bowling balls, and I'm, I'm using like a, a power drill to, you know, um, make the holes right, and sometimes I would use a router, and anyways, Uh, we'd have this thing like this um that that we'd sand the bowling balls down and clean them up with and so as a result of this it was kind of weird my my right forearm got considerably larger than my left forearm like kind of when you when i would do this and you'd look now i mean it's kind of atrophied a little bit um you know because my my athlete days are behind me but you know um the the right forearm was was a lot because i was using it so much but you know Typical person would go to the gym, even that out, you know. But and actually, so I was digging through the closet. I actually found a picture from the old days that kind of demonstrated that. So um, here, here's an old, you know. <laughs> I mean, you can just see. I mean, it's just this. So as a PSA, as a public service, guys, this is what bowling will do to you, all right? So just, just be prepared. If you don't want to be incredibly shredded, incredibly ripped, stick to golf. That's all I'm saying. So anyways. But, but in all truth, like my right arm was, was considerably bigger. And you know, I'm not I was not a gym person, so like I mean, literally the thought never even occurred to me that I should probably lift a weight to even out the other side. Now the thing I want to the reason I bring that up today is I think that for a lot of us in our prayer life and in our in our personal walk with God in prayer, we're only exercising half of our spiritual muscles. That we're only exercising half of our body. And when it comes to prayer that as we exercise half, we're completely neglecting a whole other side of our prayer life, a whole other side of our body, that one half we think we're trying to work it out and we're trying to be strong, thinking that it's the complete picture, but I want to submit to you this morning that it's not. And there's a whole other side of prayer that many of us in the church are not taking advantage of, that many of us are not regularly exercising, and it's becoming weak, and it's becoming atrophied. And because of that, you're experiencing things in your prayer life like frustration. You're experiencing things in your prayer life like not being able to connect with God. You're experiencing dryness and just a dread even over your prayer life. See, because when I use that term prayer life, I think for most of us in this room, we immediately think of, you know, like our quiet time or our devotional time or, you know, that morning time where you... You sit down with a cup of coffee and you have the Bible and lights streaming in through the death, you know, through your window. And, you know, the, the Bible's open. You got your highlighters and, you, you know, and in that moment you take your phone out and Instagram that, you know, hashtag prayer life, hashtag blessed, hashtag devotion time. You know, we think of that time when we even, when we use the word prayer time. You know, we, if I say I want to improve my prayer life, immediately most of us kind of go to this, you know, my personal prayer life. But like I said, I think we're only exercising half of our muscles. And I think because of that, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I go to pray, it feels like no one's there. Sometimes when I go to pray, I wonder, is this even, am am I even talking to anyone? Am I just talking to myself? You know, when I go to pray, it feels like God is a million miles away. When I go to pray, I feel frustrated. When I go to pray, it feel like that it, it, it can be a waste of my time. And I don't, maybe I'm the only one in this room That's ever felt like that. And once again, I think it's because we're operating out of balance in our prayer life. I think there's something key that's missing that we're neglecting. We're only working out one half of our spiritual bodies. Because I believe it's possible, church. I believe it's possible for you to experience closeness with God when you pray. I believe that it's possible for you to experience your faith being recharged. I believe it's possible for you to experience confidence that God has heard you. I believe it's possible for you to experience community and for you to experience something bigger than yourself when you pray. That when you pray, you know something that maybe you can't explain or something that you can't quite put your finger on. But something in the unseen realm is happening, that there was a stronghold that the enemy had that all of a sudden is weakening, that there was a a bondage that someone that maybe you or someone you love is going through that all of a sudden is weakening, that I believe when you pray, you can have the confidence that God hears you and that God's going to do something about it. But that confidence does not come if we're only working out half our body, if we're only working out half of our prayer life. So what's the other half? What's this thing that we're neglecting as Christ followers? So I think Jesus hits on that in the scripture that we read. I also tell you this, if two or three of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. I think the tragic mistake we make in the church today is that we think of prayer as a personal exercise. We think of prayer primarily as something we do by ourselves when no one is around, the prayer closet, the war room, whatever you want to call it. And I think that because of that, we're missing the other half of prayer, which I'm going to call today public prayer. Now, public prayer, we need a working definition of that. Do I mean like getting up in front of everyone here on the stage and praying publicly? No. What I mean by public prayer, the working definition of public prayer that I want to use today, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you're on Facebook, I want you to stop browsing and and maybe use this as your status update or tweet this out. (laughs) Public prayer is simply this. It's praying out loud, on purpose, with other people. Praying out loud, on purpose, with other people. It's praying out loud, on purpose, with other people. That's the working definition that we're going to use For today's message, for what it means to pray publicly. It's praying out loud, on purpose, with other people. See, the thing we have to understand, Jesus said, for two or three gather together, that there there is something that's really important to God about this idea of gathering together. There's something about gathering together that's special to God, that that uniquely captivates his heart, that uniquely gets his attention. So I think it's important for us to take a few moments today and examine why this is so important because you notice Jesus did not say, he did not say, we me, myself, and I gather together. He did not say we're, where I am just in, he said we're two or three where there's a community of believers, where there's a few people, where we gather together, there I am in the midst of them. But why is this so important? See, I think first of all, we've made, a grievous error in, in our culture today and in our, in our walk with God is that we have placed so much importance on this idea of a personal faith, of our personal walk with God, of a personal relationship with Jesus, of, of this personal thing. And, and really, it's become, you know, you hear someone say, well, I, you know, I don't discuss my My faith is personal. My faith is pride. I don't discuss my faith. My faith, I have personal faith, personal faith in Jesus. Can, can, we, can we have some real talk for just a second, you know, when someone says I have personal faith in Jesus, you know what probably means I personally have no idea what my faith is about, so I'm not even going to try to tell you. <laughs> Amen. That that we we think you know that that oh faith is this thing I, I faith is this thing I have that's private that's that's hidden away from everything else in my life. Faith is something that I have that that you know it's what I do when no one else is around, and, and we try to we try to safeguard, we try to pull ourselves out, we try to make faith this thing. Where it, it's all, you know, it's it's my own. I have to do it on my own. And my faith is all about, you know, I've got to get my walk with God better. And I've got to read my Bible more. And I've got to pray more. And I've got to do all these things. And I've got to try to be a better Christian. And I've got to try to stop this. And I've got to try. And it's like personal faith. And I've got to make it all my own. But what if what if that's not how God intended us to live? What if that's not how God intended? Because what do you do if, if you have personal faith and your faith is void of community and your faith is void of other people and you're trying to walk this thing out alone what do you do with your doubts what do you do with your fears what do you do with those moments that are bigger than you because if you all you have is your personal faith then all you are doing is you're trying to work that thing out on your own and you're trying to say, well, if I do harder, if I can pray more, if I can have more, and I can just try them harder and try harder and try And you're just trying to do it, and you're just working out that one half of your body. And what if that's not how God intended for you to live? What if that's not how God intended for you to live at all? That we place so much importance on trying to walk this thing out. But what if there's another half? What if there's this unforeseen power, this unseen thing that, that we have not tapped into that comes to living In community, I think we've placed too much importance on personal faith because personal private faith, let me tell you, it it is an incomplete faith. If all you have is your personal faith and your personal faith never intersects with other people, if it never does life with other people, if it never shares its problems and fears, struggles and insecurities with other people, your faith is incomplete. Your faith is half faith. And eventually, Because we've seen it time and time again, your faith will become no faith. There's something special that happens in community. See, the early church knew this. The early church knew this. In Acts 2.42, it said, All the believers, not some of the believers, all the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to gathering together. Fellowship is fellows in the same ship. They were all together. They gathered together. Together and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. They got together, they ate together, and to what? And to prayer, and they prayed together. And this was the model that the early church used. I was in a pastoral care class in my school, and this brilliant professor once told me that the New Testament wasn't written to singular individuals, the New Testament was written to the church, to the plural church. That really, you know, every time you read you in the New Testament, Paul's not using the singular you. He's using the plural you. So he's not saying you, he's saying y'all. So in Romans 12, when it says, you be renewed by the transforming of your minds, what he's really saying is, y'all be renewed by the transforming of y'all's mind. It sounds, you, some of you are looking at me, is like, he's, can he say that? I mean, just, yes, it's all right. I, I knew, I knew I was an Okie when I, but, but when I wanted the full-size truck. I knew the transformation had become... So, <laughs> the New Testament was written to the church because faith, they never intended, they never even understood the concept that faith would be something that you would live out by yourself. It's a y'all faith. It's not a you faith. It's a y'all faith. It's all of us in this together. And even for us coming to church on a Sunday morning, you know, that, that's not the end goal here because we can be sitting in these pews all individual all in our silos all isolated and that's not how god intended us to operate that even this what we're doing it's good but it's not the end game it's not god's grand design for you god wants you to live in community because faith was meant to be lived out and shared together not individually so it's it's not a you faith it's a y'all faith even when jesus taught us to pray when jesus says okay i'm going to give you the template I'm going to give you the guideline. Here's how you pray. He didn't say my father who art in heaven. He said what? Our father who art in heaven. That even in Jesus' keynote prayer, there's an implication that that is meant to be lived out corporately. Community. With one another. Now, some of you, I can tell you're still kind of, you're still on the fence. You're still pushing back about this. I want to tell you something. There are things that happen in prayer that only happen when we pray in community, when we pray with other believers. There are things in your prayer life that will not happen if you try to do it all by yourself. There are things that you cannot unlock. There are things that you cannot achieve in prayer by yourself. There's lots of examples of this in the scripture. I want to just highlight one real quick. In Acts chapter 12, Peter has been jailed and he's in prison. Now, if anyone should have been able to pray himself out of a situation, it's Peter. This is the dude that walked on water. This is the guy that Jesus said, upon you, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. This was the guy that gave the first sermon ever in the newly formed church. If anyone should have been okay on their own, it was Peter. I want to tell you, no matter what you've done for God here in this place, you have not done half as much as Peter did. Peter was amazing. And Peter's in jail, and if you look through Acts chapter 12, what happens? The church was gathered together to pray. And because the church was praying, Peter's prison, he was over here in prison, and his chains were broken. And God released him from the prison he was in because other people were praying for him. Because the church, because there was a community of believers that gathered together to pray for Peter, and God broke Peter out of the prison that he was in and set him free. I want to tell you, for some of you in this place, if you're in a prison... If you're in bondage, if you're going through things, if you can't see how you're going to get yourself out, if you can't see the end, if you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, if all it feels like is you're in a deep dungeon of darkness, could it be that you were never intended to pray yourself out of that by yourself, that you need the people of God to surround you, that you need a community of believers, that you need people that will go to bat for you to pray you out of that prison that you're in? Could it be that that's the way that God intended for us to live? Peter was a man's man. For some of you, you feel like asking someone else to help you pray is a sign of weakness. I want to tell you, there's no greater sign of strength than when you say, I need prayer. I need you to pray with me. This is going on in my life and I need a community of believers right now. I need, Man, I need you. I need you to pray for me. That's strength. That's what real strength is because real strength is realize I can't do this on my own. I can't muster this up on my own. I need you. I need you to come and help carry that burden with me. When God's people prayed, the chains were broken. And James says that when we gather together and pray that there's healing, and when God's people come together, do you need healing in your life? Could it be maybe that the, the thing that's blocking your healing is that you have not stepped in to this realm of community prayer, to this realm of public prayer, to praying out loud on purpose with other people? And Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, And pray and seek my face and turn from wicked ways. I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. Could it be that the revival that you need personally in your own life, the the move of God that we need here at Court Church doesn't happen because we individually pray, but could it be because we come together as the body of Christ and we pray corporately, we pray in unity, we pray on purpose, we pray out loud on purpose with other people that God sees that. And so there's something about that unity and that community that draws his heart. And he says, that's the place I want to be. That's the place where I'm gonna do something. So there's three things that I wanna give you from this scripture where Jesus is talking about where two or three gather that that happen, that uniquely happen when we pray corporately. Remember, we've got to stop trying to do this thing on our own. We've got to stop living out of balance. We've got to stop neglecting this whole other half of what God has for us. Because if all we're focused on is personal prayer, man, we are missing the mark. We are missing out on the good things God has for us. We're missing out on the potential that God wants to unlock in us. But we've got to be willing to step out and do it, to pray out loud on purpose with other people. So looking back at the scripture, three things that happen when we pray together. The first thing that happens is this. for taking notes, we grow in faith. We grow in faith. It says, if two or three of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. You guys ever have times, and you know, I've, Everyone here is really spiritual, so I'm sure this has not happened to you. But where you pray, and it feels like your prayer, like, got nowhere, you know, like, you're praying, and it didn't even, like, make it past the ceiling to God, you know what I'm talking about? Where you're praying for a circumstance that's so impossible, even as you're praying, you don't believe God's going to do what you're asking him to do, that, that it's, it's like, God, I, you know, I need this miracle, but, but as you're praying... Your mind's full of doubts. You're full of questions, and all these things. And it's like you're just you're hurting, but you're trying to make that happen. On you, maybe that's never happened to you, but I want to tell you that happens often to me in my life. Even uh, you know, as, as I have walked with God now for so many years, that there's still times where the mountain seems bigger than God, where the obstacle seems bigger than His power, and I lose sight of who God is because I get focused on what's in front of me. Maybe that's not happened to you, but that sure happens to me one thing I want to tell you is that when we pray, when we have public prayer, when we pray out loud on purpose with other people, that raises our faith in ways that you cannot do if you try to pray by yourself. That there's something that happens when we come together that happens to your faith, that where two or three of you gather together concerning anything my father, he's, you believe that God's going to do it. When you come together, there's something that happens, that's not accessible to you, that you can't do, that you can't muster it up, you can't make it happen, you can't fake it till you make it on this one. That your faith is not raised if you don't pray with other people. I see that time and time again. We have a Wednesday night prayer meeting. Every Wednesday night we gather over here in the prayer room in the office building. And there's times when I come in and you know there may be a circumstance going on in the church. You may see someone come in. We've had times where people have come in and there's things going on in their life. And you can see it. They're broken down. They're at the end of their rope. They have no hope. They walk in, and they are about ready to clock out on life. And they walk in, and we gather together around them, and we pray for them. And all of a sudden, something strange begins to happen. Faith starts to rise up within us and with them, and we start to pray, and God starts to move, and His Spirit starts to come. And next thing you know, at the end of that prayer meeting, they leave a different person than when they come in. At the end of the service, we have our prayer team that gathers together. And I see week in and week out people that come to the, the, the prayer team, broken, no hope, desperate, in need of God to move. And they pray with someone and those two or three people gather together in his name and all of a sudden faith starts to rise up in them and you see them leave different than when they came. As a matter of fact, I wonder how many of you guys have Prayed with our prayer team. You've experienced this. You've experienced God change your perspective. You've experienced an infusion of faith. You've experienced something great that has happened because, look, God's moving here, and this happens when we come because we can't muster up that faith on our own. Sometimes you need to borrow someone else's faith. Sometimes you need to borrow someone else's faith. Sometimes you don't have it. And you're at this place and you're like, I want to believe, I want, but I, I and you need someone to pray with you. You need someone to pray God's promises and God's power over you and his his word over you. You need to hear the truth so that faith can rise up inside of you again. That you need to be reminded about who God is and what God said he's done. That only happens when we get together and we pray out loud. If you don't pray out loud for someone, you're not giving that person the opportunity. You're not giving them a chance for their faith to be lifted up. If I went and visited you in the hospital... And I just stood by your bed and kind of did this. And you're wondering what I was doing. It's like, Oh, I'm praying for you. All right, thanks. Have, you know, and I leave. I wouldn't, have, that'd be the worst hospital visit ever. But if I go to the hospital and visit you and we pray together, then I'm giving you a chance for faith to rise up inside of you for you to remember that God's a healer, for you to remember that God's good, for you to remember that God's all powerful. Because in that moment, you need to hear it. And if you're not praying out loud, then you're not giving someone else a chance for their faith to be built up. But a neat thing happens as you're doing that is you're not, when we pray out loud for one another, the person you're praying for, their faith is not only being built up, but your faith as well gets built up. Our bass player, uh, Tim, right over here, he um, was telling me a story about his wife, uh, Nikki, was getting ready to share her testimony and celebrate recovery. And so for those of you who haven't been to celebrate recovery, before someone gets up and shares their testimony, someone prays for them. Before and so Tim gets up and he's praying. He's getting ready to pray out loud. So he prays. He says, "God, I thank you that you're mining gold where others have said none was left." Just boom, drops the bomb on on that room. And he said, Nikki kind of looked at him like, "Who are you?" You know, kind of like that. <laughs> All right, you know, when you pray out loud, man, God's spirit will come and and you'll. I've seen it happen times. I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in my my core group where. People who don't normally pray, when you give them a chance to pray out loud, man, God just speaks to them. And they'll be like, I didn't, I didn't even know I knew the scripture. But, man, I'm praying it. And, and all of a sudden, you know, they're just they're growing in their faith. When you pray out loud for someone, when you pray over someone, God will use you in ways that you've never been used before. He'll speak stuff through you. You'll be like, I didn't even know I knew that scripture. I didn't even know. I, but, but God will start. Because it's not you. It's the spirit of God through you. But if you're not exercising that muscle, if you never do that, then you are not getting a chance for God to build up your own faith, for you to remember who he is in your own life, for you to remember the power that he has in your own life. When we gather together, we pray for each other out loud, on purpose with other people, faith rises up inside of us. And if you need an infusion of faith, if you need to be reminded about who God is, are you creating that space? Are you creating that opportunity? for your faith to be built and for you to build up someone else's faith and build up your own faith by praying out loud for someone. So the first thing that happens is we grow in faith when we pray together. The second thing that happens when we pray together is that we grow in unity. We grow in unity. So it says we're two or three gathered together as my followers. You know, the thing that happens when we pray is we grow close to each other. We grow in unity together as a body. Someone a few weeks ago came up to me And, um, wanted prayer because they were were needing to sell their house. They, um, they had another house that they'd bought and they had renters in this house. And so they needed, they needed out of this house, um, by a certain time or else, you know, they're going to have to pay double mortgage and just all this, all this thing. And so they came up to me in the next steps room and we prayed together and I prayed for them. And I prayed, God, help them to sell this house, send the right buyer. You know, just all these, I prayed everything I knew how to pray. You know, just all of my, all of my like minuscule real estate knowledge, man, I put it, I put it to use in prayer, you know, um, I was, I was dropping words like equity. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, and, and so we prayed. And um, a few week, so last week, per, the, the wife comes up and says, you know what? We sold the house. We have a buyer. We're getting ready to close on the house at the exact time they needed to. Like it was, it was not going to be like a day late. You know, it, it, God just pulled through right at that moment. You know, when they told me that, if, if someone would have just kind of told you that, honestly, you'd be like, oh, that's, you know, that's great. Good for you. But, you know, you don't really care. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Anyone, everyone tell you, anyone ever tell you good news that, you know, you're like, yay, but, you know, you don't really care. You know what I'm talking Maybe that's never But I want to tell you, when they told me that they sold their house, man, I was excited. I was genuinely happy for them. I genuinely cared that they sold their house. And why did that happen? Because we prayed together. And when you pray for someone, when someone prays for you, all of a sudden you, you become part of each other's stories. And we, we break out of our silos and we break out of our isolation and we break out of this feeling that we're alone in a crowded room. And all of a sudden, when we begin to pray for one another, when we have people that pray for us, God brings that together and God begins to teach us to care for other people. God begins to teach us to care for one another and to lift each other's burdens. You were not meant to carry your burden alone. You were not meant to face the fear that you're facing the depression that you're facing, your anger problem, your gambling problem, your porn addiction. You are not meant to face anything alone. We were meant to share each other's burdens. And this is why it's important we come together, we pray out loud, and we pray on purpose. And what's that purpose? That purpose is that you lift my burden, and that I lift your burden, and that we pray together in unity. In faith of what God is getting ready to do, we pray together out loud on purpose that God would knit our hearts together in community, that God would make us one. And that's what God wants to do to us through prayer is removes us from isolation. This is the purpose we gather for that I carry your burden, that you carry my burden. We gather in the name of Jesus because we know we're not the source of the answer. And, church, this is how we move from when someone tells you bad news and someone says, Oh, I'm so sorry for you. This is how we move from that into actually being able to do something for them. When we get together and we pray, it's, man, I care about you. I care about what you're going through. I care about your life. And God uses that to bring us together. So God, when we pray together, we grow in faith. We grow in unity. The final thing that happens when we pray together is we experience the presence of God. We grow closer to God. He said, where two or three gather together in my name, I am there among them. I'm there among them. We grow closer to God. Aren't, aren't you tired of not feeling God in your time of prayer? Aren't you tired of God feeling distant in your life? Aren't you tired of wondering if if this is real, if all of this is, is if his presence is real and all these things, aren't you tired of that? i tell you something, we experience the presence of God when we pray with people. The word in, in says. I'm there in the midst of them. Well, that word midst, if you look in the Greek, actually means in the middle. I'm there in the middle of them. And what I love that happens when we gather together and we pray for one another, and I pray for your need and you pray for mine, what happens there is that God doesn't come just to me and he doesn't go just to you, but he shows up in the middle of us. And when he shows up in the middle of us, what happens is that He's there and he's going to meet my need and he's going to meet your need because that's what he does. And He's gonna be enough for you and He's gonna be enough for me because that's what He does and that's who He is. And He's gonna carry you through your problem. He's gonna see you through your financial situation. He's gonna see you through your health care. He's gonna see you through no matter what because He's there and He shows up. And when God shows up on the scene, He can't not be the fulfillment of your need. He can't not be your completion because that's who our God is. But we have to create space for Him. And if it's just you, yourself, and you trying to make that happen, trying to muster it up on your own, you're not creating space in your life for Jesus to show up. We create that space in community. We create that space when we come together in unity, when we come together in faith, when we pray out loud, on purpose, with other people. When we do that, church, what we're literally doing is we're creating a space for Jesus to show up in our lives. And don't you need Jesus to show up in your life? Don't I need Jesus to show up in my life? Because when Jesus shows up, all of a sudden, my hopelessness turns to hope. All of a sudden, my doubts turn to faith. All of a sudden, my fears turn to promise. All of a sudden, my insecurities turn to my confidence in him. All of a sudden, my anger turns to love. All of a sudden, the things, my darkness turns to light. All of a sudden, when He shows up, he changes everything. And I'm so passionate about this because if we're not exercising this, if we're not praying together out loud, on purpose with other people, then we're missing out on one of the primary ways that God manifests his presence to his people. He doesn't, you know, usually I've had a lot of personal prayer. He doesn't usually show up with the goosebumps and with, I mean, sometimes that happens, but it's actually kind of rare. You know, when I feel God's presence the most, when I feel the most confidence in my prayers, when I feel like I'm actually talking to a friend and not just talking to myself, I feel that way when I get around God's people and we pray. And when we pray and there's an atmosphere of faith, when there's an atmosphere of unity, when we're we're talking about, we're believing, we're praying about who God is and what God's gonna do and how God's gonna change the situation. And we come together and we share each other's burdens and we're of one heart and one mind and we're praying out loud, on purpose with other people and we're doing that church. I feel his presence. I felt it so much, I want a little Southern there because he shows up because that's what he said he would do. And time and time again, when it happens, when we pray out loud, on purpose, with other people, his presence will show up. And if you need his presence this morning, I wanna ask, are you neglecting that? Do you have space? in your life? Are you creating space in community? Do you have people that you pray with out loud on purpose? Do you have people, do you have the, you know, do you you have this thing? One thing we should never say as Christians, and I think we're really good about this as a church, so I wanna encourage us to keep doing this, is we should never say, oh, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Man, that's, that's awful. I'll pray for you. Because you know what happens when we say, I'll pray for you? That's like the Christian way of saying, oh, I'm so sorry to hear. That's the Christian way of saying, oh, that's real, that's too bad for you. Sucks to be you, you know. That's the Christian way of saying. But when we are a church that says, man, let's pray right now. Let's pray right now. And I don't know how many times I've had people come and drop a prayer request in that Next Steps room, and they're hoping to sneak out the door. They like, man, can we pray about this right now? And they do. Every time God shows up. Why? Because we're creating space. We're creating space for him. One of the best ways we do that here at Core Church is what's happening this Wednesday night, core community. We intentionally take time to create space for Jesus to show up because we gather together in groups two, three, or four. We take time during core community. We pray for each other out loud, on purpose, with other people. And man, I've seen God do some crazy things in core community. You see see it. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here playing the guitar. I just see people praying. You can see them connecting with God because they're creating space, they're coming together in faith, they're coming together in unity, they're growing in God's presence. Does not happen if you're doing life alone. Does not happen. Does not happen if you don't have that people. Over um, all of August, we're gonna be talking about relationship spaces. We're gonna be talking about core community. We're gonna be talking about core groups. And we're gonna be talking about a new thing called circles. All of these spaces are designed with one purpose in mind for you to develop relationships with people that you have someone in your life that you can pray with out loud, on purpose with other people. That you can develop these relationships you can develop connections that will sustain you through your walk. Aren't you tired of trying to work it all out on your own? Aren't you tired of carrying your burden all by yourself? Aren't you tired of trying to make it happen and, and feeling like you're feeling? Aren't you tired of having a frustrated prayer life? Aren't you tired of not feeling God when you pray? Don't neglect the other side. Don't neglect what he wants to do in your life and through your life, through community, through other people. You were not designed to carry your burden alone. You were not designed. Now, for some of you, I'm saying this, and you're like, that sounds great and all, but I I do not want to pray for someone out loud. I get that, I get that. One of, the, uh, one of the best prayer warriors in this church, Tiffany Pinnell, she, w- she would tell you, when she started out, all she could do was pray one word for someone. And that, and that was how she started out. And man, now you have to pull her off of people to, you know, stop praying for them. Man, she just, she'll get on them and, and it's like, all right, Tiff, time out. got to let other people pray, you know. But she grew that muscle. Just like, just like you know, if, if you get out of bounds, you got you to gotta start lifting weight on the other side, allegedly, so I hear. Um, for some of you, it's going to be awkward. For some of you, it's going to be short. For some of you, you're going to say, I didn't, I didn't feel anything like you're talking about here. Now. I didn't feel God's presence. I didn't feel faith. I felt stupid. I felt awkward. I want to tell you, can, can you just keep trying? Can you, can you just keep at it? Because I've seen it too much. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in the life of others. And when we pray out loud and we pray on purpose, when we pray with other people, man, God, God does things he just won't do anywhere else because your faith was not designed for you to walk out by yourself. We were designed, we were created to live in community. We were created to do faith in community. We were created to lift one of those burdens. We were created to pray one for another. This is how God intended for us to live. So I wanna encourage you, if you're here in this place and you say, I need that in my life, come Wednesday, come this Wednesday. Because there's going to be space for you to feel this. There's going to be space for you to have this, to walk this out. If you're here in this place and you need that, I would say also sign up for a core group. Form a circle. A circle is just two, three, four people, same gender gathering together, studying God's word and praying for one another. You can do it at a coffee shop. You can do it on your lunch break. Do it with people at work. Form a circle. Find people in your life that you can pray with out loud, on purpose and with other people. Because if you don't, it's a long, tough road to hoe. So you weren't designed to you weren't designed to walk that way. You weren't designed to live that way. And finally, once again, church, don't don't ever let a moment, don't ever let the words. I'll pray for you. Come out of you know, man. I've, I've been prayed with on the phone, or prayed with people over the phone, in person. You know, it doesn't have to be something long. It doesn't have to be elaborate, but, man. Just don't let that moment go by. Create a spontaneous prayer meeting because when you do that, you're honoring what God says. Two or three gather. In my name, there I am in the midst of them. He wants to do something great in us and through us, but that will only happen if we pray out loud, on purpose, with other people. Father, we come to you today. I I pray, God, that you've challenged us, Lord. I pray that for those of us, God, that have been trying to walk out our faith by ourselves in isolation, For those of us, God, that have been trying to do this on our own, God. We just just say we're sorry. Lead us to community, Father. Lead us to people that we can pray with out loud on purpose with other people, God. Help us, God, to grow in our faith. Help us to grow in unity and in community with one another, God. And finally, out of all of that, God, that we can grow close to you in your presence. I want to know how to pray for you this morning if you're here. And something I've said in today's message has challenged you and you just feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you about something you need to correct, something you need to change, something that God wants you to do. If that's you here in this morning, I just wanna pray for you. I wanna know who you are. Will you raise your hand? Yeah, God's spoken something uh, to me today. Challenge me. Thank you, God. I pray for those. Whatever it is, God, that you've spoken by your spirit, help us, God, to do it. Give us the strength to do it. Maybe for some of us, God, it's, maybe it's gonna to be to come Wednesday night. We ask, Lord, right now that, your presence would be here in a special way, God. Forgive us, Lord, for trying to do it all our own. Forgive us, God, for trying to work out that one side and completely neglecting the other. God, forgive us, Lord, for not being brave and and praying out loud with the people, God. Help us, Lord, to take a step of faith towards you and do that. Finally, if you're here today and you are not a Christ follower, maybe you followed Christ a long time ago, but you know right now you're not following Jesus. You know right now that, um, that you're not right with God. God's brought you here to this place right now for this moment, for this purpose, because he doesn't want you to do life by yourself any longer. He brought you here because he wants to let you know, or in some cases to remind you, that he loves you, that he created you, he wants what's best for you and he has not given up on you and you are not forgotten to him and you are not invisible to him and this life of community this life of being close to god this life filled with hope and purpose that that's a life he wants for you but that life comes at the cost of surrendering our lives to him saying jesus i'm going to follow you and i'm going to put my trust in you i'm going to stop doing things the way i want to do them, and i want to start doing things way you say to do them God and I want to accept your forgiveness for my sin because I know God that I keep trying but I keep messing up and I keep falling short and I keep not being what I want to be God I'm tired of that God I recognize Lord that no matter what I do I can't get to you on my own that's you here in this place not a follower of Jesus or maybe you followed Christ at one point but you've you've since walked away from that you want to say I want to come to him either for the first time or I wanna come back to Jesus today, I wanna to pray for you. I wanna know who you are. i for you. I just want you to boldly take a step of faith, boldly raise your hand if that's you. One, two, three. Thank you in the back. Thank you here on the side. Thank you here. Anyone else? Anyone else? I wanna make a decision to follow Christ for the first time or I wanna come back to him, recommit my life. Anyone else? Thank you here on the side. See you, brother. Church, let's pray out loud together in community. This is what it's about here. We're gonna pray in community as we welcome these people into the family of God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, come on, let's, we can do better than that. Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to me today. I recognize that I need you. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. From this day forward, I am yours and you are mine. I commit this day to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, church, can we celebrate changed lives this morning? Man, God is good.